Orla McAndrew is an award-winning zero-waste wedding and events caterer. She's a TV chef, guest speaker and writer, and mother of three young girls. Orla celebrates the very best of seasonal Irish produce in all that she does and works tirelessly to promote the efforts of Irish food producers. Welcome back to another episode of Growing Forward and I'm continuing my Iconic Women series here at Iconic in Cork. Today I have Orla McAndrew, wedding and event caterer, joining me here at Iconic. Welcome Orla, how are you doing? I'm great Virginia, it's lovely to be here. It's so nice and I'm like, we could end up crying, laughing, all oh, of no. it. It's going to be a roller coaster because I know <laughs> you for a long time but it's still an honour to share your magic with the world and to really get into how you got here and what journey you took to getting where you are. So let's go back to where we first met. We first met in the middle of the pandemic. I think I was doing, it was the early days of Up She Rises. So Up She Rises was kind of born before, about maybe maybe six months before the start of the pandemic, maybe a bit longer. And loads of different people were just like, what are we doing? So we started doing this Sunday and I was joined by others as well. But on the Sunday, we were doing these Sunday sessions just breaking it down, talking about fear and imposter syndrome and all these things. And it's gas because roll on a couple of years and now that those topics are everywhere. But at the time, it felt like there wasn't anything that was helping us grow from the inside and everything was focused on the business. So you kind of segued into my world, I think, through one of those sessions. Am I right? That's exactly right, actually. And I remember distinctly the first Sunday that I just happened to tune in on, a, on Instagram and I was hooked I was just like, oh my God, every word that's coming out of your mouths is music and gold to my ears. And I remember being buzzed for that hour every Sunday and it would set me up for the week. Um, it was just an amazing thing that you were offering and it really spoke to me at, for where I was in my life, in my business. At the time, it was just absolute nectar. Yes, fabulous. And for us too, it was like, it was actually stuff that we were work, working our ways through. So tell me what was going on in your business. Like people may have first seen you then you kind of started to come on Instagram. Tell me about your business then in the pandemic. Did you have to do some type of the, the magic pivot words that now we all cringe when we hear it? At the time it was like, that's such a good word. I'm going to use that word. And then it's like, oh my God. <laughs> now pivot means nearly throwing up my mouth yeah. when I hear the word. <laughs> so it was a really interesting time for me because I was only in business, we'll say, two years before that. But really, I my business kicked off with the pandemic. Um, how I got into business originally was I, I tell this story, I've told it often, but it's, it's a lovely story. I had been a stay-at-home mum for a long, long time. I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do. And I just happened to meet this girl in a park one day. And she said, I'm getting married in six weeks and I've no one to cater that. And at the time, I'd been sitting in a place of, oh my God, what am I doing with my life? I'm 39. I've got all these degrees behind me. I've never had a job that actually paid me any money. I can't say I am anything in particular. And it was just divine timing because I was really questioning all of that. Mm -hmm. This girl popped up and I said, I can do that. And she was blown away and she said, oh my God, if you can, the gig is yours. So six weeks later, I catered this amazing wedding in the cricket club for 130 people Wow. And I was like, this is it. Like, More this please. This is the thing <laughs> that I was born to do. Like, I, I, it was the best day of my life to date. Bar my children wow. being born, it was absolutely unbelievable. And you didn't doubt yourself, obviously. Like, was your background, had you, you've obviously trained so in that I, area. It's a funny one. I'm a qualified chef. I'm going to put inverted commas in that because mm -hmm. I was the first, we were the first year to do the business and culinary arts degree in Tralee when it was 
opened. Mm -hmm. But realistically, we came out not having a clue how to cook a steak. It was a three-year course and it was all business, business, business. Okay. And I really thought I was going to come out as the next Nigella, you know. <laughs> so, yes, I'm trained, but I was 28 when I came out of that. And every kitchen I went into, people expected me to know an awful lot more than I did. So I really didn't last, actually, in any professional kitchen. Mm -hmm. And I was quite deflated because before I went to college, I would have considered myself a really good cook. And okay. after coming out and having gone into kitchens and really not lasting, I was like, oh God, I was really, Doubting might have been you. wrong about that. Yeah. Um, so I went down, I was still studied in the area of food, like I did a degree in um, food marketing and rural development. I did a postgrad in speciality food production, just really interested in the area of food and Irish culture. Um, and producers. and Producers and, you know, respecting and getting to know producers and I actually had a farmer's market stall for a year myself as well so that was a real I mean that was insane I was 16 hours a day seven days a week yeah, that's tough isn't it and coming home with all this perishable food that was mm. wasted so that was one of the initial kernels for something that came later mm -hmm. um, but what was your original question no I was just wondering like did you were you like how did you get to being a caterer did you doubt yourself and you're like I my background actually funnily enough there's been threads through kitchens in America where, you know, would have been bartending, waitressing, always around food. I'm always around food anyway, so to be honest, I'm hungry every two hours. And then I kind of journeyed into weddings. And then I saw the, like when you say wedding for 130, to regular people, that's like, yeah, that's a standard wedding. But I know what happens in kitchens to get a wedding out the door and on the table at the same time. Yeah. Like how you don't doubt yourself I was thinking she must have actually ran weddings in a business that she worked in for a few years first. So like no. you basically jumped off I the deep end and yeah. took on a big gig like that. I in went the park. full, <laughs> went full, like full on crazy. I'd bought my van and everything before the, the wedding actually took place. So once I had this kernel and this opportunity, it's I literally jumped head first Elevated into it. to it. Yeah, exactly. And I knew there was so much at stake and I really liked this couple and there was no way I was going to let them down. Mm. So blood, sweat and tears, a lot of kind of worry that everything would come together. Mm. But when it it's did... It's a big investment, like, isn't huge it? huge investment, like financially to ready for, for them that. and emotionally yeah. for them to trust this unknown yeah. who is admitting, I've never done anything like this before in my life. I mean, I think they're the most incredible people in the world to have taken that chance on mm -hmm. me and to have given me literally a, a segue into the rest of my life mm. do you know it's, it's I'll God. never forget them for it it's very opportunistic but also I'm wondering just the energy that you like if I sat in a park now and met a mom who said I can do I'd be like sure you can <laughs> <laughs> grand <laughs> send me I'll call your you. resume you know every place you've ever worked in your entire yeah, life exactly <laughs> but like obviously the energy which I always get from you there's a real genuine passion and I I think A she must have picked up on that B, she could be a bit crazy that she's hanging out in she parks. Is. She is crazy. <laughs> I love it. I'll tell you crazy. Actually, and, you, and anyone who knows her will know she's yeah. crazy. It's Ruth O'Connor and Tony Galvin. They have the wellness centre in Carrigaline. Okay. And she's very woo-woo. Okay. So, <laughs> so she was all like, energy. Yeah. Yeah. So I was going to say like, but what was happening in you internally? Because what I think happened there is you were activated by something and despite the cost, the risk, like excitement and passion for something, for me anyway, can almost de-risk the thing I'm doing because I'm like I'll figure it out because I love Absolutely. this enough to go yeah. air feck it <laughs> yeah. try it exactly know? that I, I I had full confidence it was mm -hmm. going to work I mean I do not know where that came from yeah. but I had full confidence but it was the start of a shift in you too massive shift yeah. and, and it really was it was just the best thing that ever happened to me but the thing after that was what a high mm. 
mm-hmm. and I'm I'm there. Oh my god, this is the thing. This is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. And then the kind of a week later, the realization: Oh, nobody knows I exist. <laughs> I am not a wedding event caterer. I'm somebody who wants to be that, and I wanted it so bad that I thought, right, I am going to absolutely make this happen. So mm-hmm. every I got loads of referrals from that. There was 130 people there. I got to work with a lot of them afterwards for communions and confirmations mm-hmm. and little parties and. And how do you do it, like the team part? How do you pull in it? Te- like it's one thing for you to have passion, but it's another to bring people in for X amount of hours. It's, you know, you're not just jumping off a cliff alone now, you're jumping off with a whole team. Yeah, and you <laughs> know what? That's that's the question that loads of people, even just yesterday somebody said, God, it must be really difficult to get staff. And you hear that a lot. Yeah. And I have to say, I am so, so blessed. Um, I have the most incredible group of people who come and work with me. They're all freelancers. Mm-hmm. Um. But whatever it is about the vibe that's created, it's 100% we're having fun. Okay. Um, and I'm, I'm never stuck for anybody. And there was a huge big faith thing in that for me as well. So last year was my busiest year to date. Mm-hmm. I was really sold out. And in January, the truth was I really didn't have a staff team. I had mm-hmm. a couple of people and I had faith. Um, virtual team and faith. How all, virtual, <laughs> all amazing things are made. And virtual team and faith. And... Everyone else around me was panicking. Oh my God, you've got these, you know, big weddings, really big weddings in beautiful venues. And I didn't give it any mental space. I didn't give the fear any mental space. I said, no, that will work out. The people will come. It will work. And the very first wedding that we catered in May in Wexford, I had about seven or eight extra that I I could say, I'll use you guys the next time. Mm Mm-hmm. And that so you to had me, over and above what you needed. I had over and above. And that to me just gave me real confidence to know, keep going like that. Keep going with maybe blind faith. Yeah. But positivity and... The energy you, of you it's happening it, anyway. Exactly. If wow. you build it, they will come and have the most incredible people. And I know for a fact, and they might be listening to this and they will agree and nod their head. They love coming to work with me. Yeah. They really do. Gosh. And I love having them. So you're the Pied Piper of happy campers. who want so. <laughs> <laughs> and tell me like... You know, when you're, okay, so you fill the diary, it's the pandemic. Tell me about all the ugly bits in between then where you go from, okay, there's nothing in the diary. I have nothing in there for six months. Yeah. What happened for you to, like, did, obviously it's a strategy of, okay, how do I make this happen for the business? But how do I, as the leader of this team, build a trust when people haven't seen like loads of different weddings that I've done? You know, apart from obviously people experienced it and tasted your food and the vibe on the day and they recommended you. But how did you continue to build leads in or, you know, what had to happen with Orla on the inside maybe too? How did you develop into that's where good. you are now, you know? Yeah, that's a really good question. Because people look at you now and they go, oh, look, she's on TV and she's, you know, writing things and she's a contributor to this. And like, there's a vast array of things you're doing. And then people are like, well, hang on a minute. How did, like, how did she get there? You know, so yeah. like, take us behind the scenes to... What was going on? You know what? The last five years since I started my business, the growth personally, mm-hmm. never mind professionally, has been like stratospheric. Okay. I am a completely different person now to the person I was five years ago. My the So the crazy lady in the park is <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she was only midway through yeah, her oh, evolution. She was, only, she, she was getting a much lesser version of me. Um, but yeah, the growth has been phenomenal and it's been because of that kernel of, I can do this. Mm. So I suppose I was coming from, before all this, there was huge doubt. I was, you know, I had got to 39 
I really didn't have a career. I had two of my three children at the time and that was playing on my mind. You know, I was a stay-at-home mum, which is an exceptionally important job and I really wanted to be a stay-at-home mum. Mm-hmm. But I knew there was just more that mm-hmm. I could offer and that I could show them. There's like a void, isn't there? Because mm-hmm. I definitely, you know, experienced that as well. That, And even people, like I deal with people who are in top leadership roles and they got there and went, is this it? Like, yeah. what? Like, there has to be more. The alignment is still, there's still an empty tank in there that needs more, you know? It's that self-fulfillment yeah. thing. And... And money doesn't do oh, it and, nothing to do with you know, it. I guess maybe being on TV mightn't do it unless it's aligned with the yeah. fuller version of who you want to be, you know. It's funny, like the being on TV is gorgeous, mm. but it's nothing to do with my self-fulfillment either. Yeah. It's just kind of a part of the journey that I'm on now. I'm really comfortable at it. Mm-hmm. I really do enjoy it. But and you like to give Greg O'Shea a run for his <laughs> <laughs> I'll have him spanking more than Bobby Crowley. That's so funny. Just to reference, that was on, what was that on? Um, six o'clock show. The six o'clock show. I have to share the clip where she's kind of putting Greg oh. into his, you know, putting him back in his box, I guess. But That's go very on. Funny. Uh, very funny. But um, yeah, the the so going from two years pre-pandemic, we'll say, building the business, there was mm. a real sense of imposter syndrome. Like, who do I think I am? Mm. I went out and bought a van. I must be bloody crazy. Mm. Yes, people are booking me, but even with every booking, there was a lot of fear around letting people down, knowing that I was good enough, sitting with this notion that I'm not really a qualified chef. Yes, I have it on paper, but actually I never really worked in a professional kitchen. I'm self-taught. A lot of that kind of self-doubt. But around the time of the pandemic, kind of even before I started tuning in to and then that really catapulted me, I started thinking, okay, you've had two years now, everything you've done has been a success. Mm-hmm. Okay, you've gone into it absolutely fearful that you're going to let anyone down, but you haven't. So I started looking at the evidence, basically. And the proof. The yeah. proof. The proof was literally in the pudding. You can do this. Mm-hmm. So there was another shift again, and it's, it felt like a shift up a level. And also, I am opportunistic. I, you know, I'm creative. I see, I see opportunities everywhere. And I'm beginning to realise that they are there for everyone. Mm. And there's a real sense of, well, if other people can do that, then I can do it too. Mm. And it's not a, it's a, it's a really gorgeous, freeing realisation that the world is there for all of us. Yes. You know? And um, I think just on that, there's a shift that happens and I try to be the catalyst for that for most people. But the people that are sitting there, and if you're listening to this right now and you're sitting there wondering, who do I think I am? The minute that that question comes up, I want you to flip it into, who do I want to become? Mm. Because that is where you get to draw a line in the sand and say, I'm actually not becoming anyone for anybody else because Mm. questions like, who do I think I am, means that you're observing like the outside people and you're worried about being judged. Mm. Who do you want to be? Because that's literally the line you have to cross. And from there is where the magic happens, I believe, you know. 100%. So you had that kind of shift into, okay, crack on. (laughs) Crack on and and don't fear anyone else's judgment. Mm. And speaking about you being a catalyst, I can't let the episode go past without saying that outright. You've been and continue to be a massive catalyst for me um, and just kind of opening my eyes to things and different ways of being and speaking and being this silent encourager in the background all the way. Mm. Um, Even outside of, I've attended some of your courses and they've been wonderful and I've gotten loads for them. But outside of that, the genuineness of your interaction with me you know, whenever I'm doing well, a little note in the background, that has been really invaluable to me, Virginia, and uh-huh. I so appreciate it, and honestly. I genuinely know I worried about having you on because I was like, you know, everyone needs to know her because I think she's iconic and I want her on the podcast. 
but because I've worked with you over a couple of years on different programs yeah. like that and you've helped me too it's always a two-way thing with me I was like I don't want this episode to turn into a Love oh fest. aren't you fabulous it's not that like it's no. a genuine like the reason I think you're iconic and let's go there like the reason why I wanted you on is because I've been watching from the stands about what's been happening Yes, you've come in on programs and swallowed things whole and like, you know, more please, more yeah. please. You've been <laughs> eager beaver, which is fantastic. But I did see the shift from you deciding where you want to go and crossing that line to actually embodying it. And mm. like, I'm like a hammer over people's head going, all right, you want the confidence, you want the small step and you want that, but you have to embody the yeah. next version first before you actually turn into it. And you went for it. Like you leaned into more I, I kept saying like more of yourself like be more of yourself and you go on TV with turbans on do you know what I mean like <laughs> that to me is not caring being unapologetic and wearing the vibrant clothes saying whatever you want that's embodiment and that's there's power in that obviously for you there's power in that for me but there's power and permission in it for other people because it's that magnetic little thing that we can't put our finger on. I always reference Nigella Lawson around here because, you know, she goes on, anytime I teach embodiment, I mention her because like, she's going to go and lick her fingers and we're not even going to judge her. We're just going to be <laughs> we're like, all look, over at her, it. look at how she <laughs> licks her fingers. And we're glued to yeah. it because she's embodying who she is and she's filling every inch of her body with yeah. Nigella. And I see you doing that too, not to compare you to Nigella. No. Like, well, you know. I'll take that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's okay. But like, you know, it's not a cook-off or anything, but like I do see, and the more that people are, I, I know people on the outside are, are going, and what, like, what is happening with Orla? How is she doing this? And, you know. It's freedom. It's freedom. It's freedom. It's growth. It's looking back at the evidence of what has happened so far. And it's, it's actually coming at life from a really heartful mm. perspective. I remember even initially when I was starting out, I mean, since I was a little girl, I've had, I've been really encouraging of other people. I've always had that in me to be happy for other people's successes. Mm. And that's a huge part of who I am. And I do think it's a huge part of my success as well. It does change your energy field oh, 100%. Completely. Like, completely. Absolutely. And I, so much so that I'm shocked when people aren't like that. It mm. just doesn't, and it just doesn't sit in my sphere at all. So I don't get it. But, um, yeah, there, there's just such freedom in letting go of anybody else's judgments mm. and just being yourself. And I don't know what part of my journey that came, but it's I'm sitting in that for the last two years or so, and it's a, I'm living a completely Love different it. life. Yeah. I'm living a different life because for the first two to three years, everything was, must do this, must do that, shoulda. You were always talking about shoulda, shouldn't our pants. Yeah, yeah, we should <laughs> our pants yeah, a lot, exactly. don't we? <laughs> um, this isn't... Sponsored by Pampers exactly. or anything. <laughs> um, but the, there was that sense of, right, I've really gone for this now, so I'm under pressure and I need mm. to kind of prove to myself, prove to everybody else. And I was working far too hard. I had a new baby as well in the midst of it all. Yeah. And that time was just an absolute blur. And there was a lot of sort of male energy and do, 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 mm. do, do. Hustle. A lot of hustle. And then, and I knew, and I had a goal. You know, it was strategic. I knew if I keep pushing and keep doing different things and keep getting as many people as possible to taste my food, I'm going to make some impact and eventually I won't have to work this hard. Mm. But you'd still be doubting, is that actually going to happen, you know, or mm. am I going to continue working myself into the bone here? Um, and through mindset shift and achieving that, achieving that people, more people knew me and, you know, there was mm. a bit of safety and the, the bookings were coming in. 
I got to sit back and ask myself, what do I really want out of this? Like, where is mm. this going? How is this serving me? And how is it going to be sustainable for my and my family's future? And the fact, the absolute fact was, there's no way it was going to be sustainable like mm. that because I was very, I probably did burn out a couple yeah. of times in those first three years. Um, But there was a huge thing about giving myself permission to sit back, take a break and really go out. Seek clarity. Exactly. Seek clarity. And you were there in those moments as well. And, you know, I'm in counselling as well. Mm -hmm. There's a lot, lot going on, a lot behind the growth. But I look back now and I literally do not recognise the person I was before I met that girl in the park that day. Yes. And the compound effect of everything you've been doing. Like, I remember you going, like, I just need to get on camera. And I'm like... Sure, go on, <laughs> go oh. for it. You know, but sure, the first story I ever tried to make, I was—I actually put it up there recently because I couldn't. I'd like an Adam's apple from swallowing so hard, <laughs> and I did that course that you have the confidence uh, on camera, and it just transformed me. Yeah, you know, it was, and what I got from that was, who cares? Yeah, who's looking at you? Who cares? People are busy doing their own thing, and Cop that's been the most and get on camera <laughs> ever. Like, yeah. and that's my advice to everybody. Do you do you boo literally yeah, yeah. because everyone else is so bloody busy and we think everyone is actually they sitting there watching us they miss it all and these algorithms that we kind of let ruin our lives like only 20% of the people that actually are following you even might see you. even see you do you know and, and so here's you worrying about your left eyebrow is penciled the wrong direction or you know <laughs> ridiculous things like, like hello <laughs> you know like the stuff that yeah. we give the real Don't estate of that front of head, like nobody's getting in there anymore. No. Like literally nobody. No, you know? it's all pure. Yeah. So like that's the kind of the path to your success, I think, is in parallel to your own personal evolution that has impacted the growth of the business. And yeah. like, I also think it's amazing that when you get to that place of comfort, then then you can be going, I, I actually, I want TV. I want a book. I want to be speaking. And literally, the speed, I, I like it's like a quantum leap, the speed of when you clean house and mm-hmm. clean the energy and clean who you are and who you want to be, all the things just keep coming. It's amazing. Like, there's just so many things and they're coming at full force, which is incredible, you know. And I, I do believe it's that shifting into embodiment and not just wanting things to happen, but sitting there in grace expecting them to happen. That's exactly you know? it. And and that's the difference between those first three years of go, 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 do, do, do. Mm. Now in this last two years, I'm sitting in this beautiful space of, of knowing be. just be. it's all happening. Yeah. There's no timeline. Mm. I'm exactly where I'm meant to be. And all of the beautiful things that I would love to happen in my life are coming. And mm. I believe that 100%. And I'm not chasing them anymore. Yeah. There's just a real knowing. And I'm exactly this is your time yeah. and all the things are coming. And it's so beautiful. And I sometimes think, like I get ahead of myself too and I'm like, I want this and I want everything. And then I kind of go, if I had got that two years ago when I was gasping for it, I probably wasn't the fully evolved version that I am now. And again, in another two years, exactly. it'll be a whole other thing again, you know. Tell me about like, you know, along the way, did you get derailed? Did you make mistakes? Maybe bad advice? What things? Because one of the most incredible things that I've learned in the last year, particularly working with people in one-to-one capacity, is that we can get people on the right track and shift them into where you are. And then the more kind of explosive growth you have, the harder the challenges that come in and hit you. But that's part, if you know that that's part of it, because there's basically your old version is going this trajectory. Mm -hmm. And then this new energy, new version is going like a higher, faster pace. Mm -hmm. But the old tries to catch up and pull you back into those old programmed habits, you know. So like, 
if you expect that to come, you know, you can be ready for it and you go, ah, I see you challenge. Thank you. This mm-hmm. must mean I'm on the right direction. Mm-hmm. But for people who don't understand the the full path of like, say, a, a quantum leap or, you mm-hmm. know, these mm-hmm. these major shifts when you do a lot of personal development work. Did you have any of those challenges that like as you were reaching success, that something comes crashing in or like you get a rejection or a disappointment and you think, oh, this isn't uh, putting me back to where I began. This is redirecting me to something better. It's exactly that. So, yeah, I, I never feel like it's pushing me back. I've mm-hmm. felt every step of the way I'm getting closer and closer to a better life. Mm. Um, and yeah, I get rejections and letdowns all the time. And even recently, you know, one that financially impacts me, like mm. lost a wedding because the circumstances changed. And two years ago, that would have devastated me because yes. I would have had all my plans around. But it, I was like, that's okay. Come back to me whenever it suits you. Mm-hmm. So I'm just really able to roll with the punches. I don't get bogged down with disappointments now because I they come and it just means that wasn't for me. The next yes. thing is. It's not a, an area for you to stress about or to it. overthink. Like, what can you do? What yeah. can you, and what what benefit is that going to give you? You just yeah. clear it out. For me, it's all about what gets to live in my brain. Mm. And I have no room for negativity of any description. Mm-hmm. I have no room for contemplating the what ifs. It's all about what is, what is. Yeah. What is now, and what, what is, is coming. coming. Yeah. And, and that serves me so well. Mm. So and, sw- what I'm hearing, that's really good. Swap the what ifs to what is. Yeah. Or what will be, you know? Exactly. And tell me about any like mistakes that you felt, oh God, that was definitely a mistake I made or was there any of those boo-boos along the way? I've that... made loads of mistakes, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I've, made lo- I've made loads of mistakes. Um, but also I've, I know that they're all really valuable. Yeah. So I kind of, maybe I'm like super positive, but I look at all of those mistakes as really good opportunities for learning. There was something in that that yeah. you needed to experience. And there mm. has been like, you know, I, I had, I've had, I am a very, I'm an ideas girl. <laughs> I'm an yeah. ideas girl. And I've had some that have worked brilliantly and I've had some that didn't work so brilliantly. Yeah. But it has never bogged me down. I'm like, okay, mm. that didn't work. What's next? You don't dwell on it. That's it. And and they've all pushed me to where I am and where I'm going. Mm. And I'm really happy with that. So yeah. I just don't dwell on You don't on judge it. them. No. And tell me, then you moved into the space of like being the first, like you talk about imposter syndrome on one side and then the evolution into I'm going to be the first chef in Ireland to introduce a zero waste wedding. I mean, (laughs) tell me about that. Like even reading that sentence, I want to hold it in my mouth a bit longer and go, she was actually, she did that. (laughs) It was all over the press and, uh, you know, it's it's so incredible to be, to have this as an offer in the world Mm. and to know that, yeah, I get a little bit of pride as well about I am the only person doing that. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. That's a lovely feeling. Mm. And but it's only part of your offering, or just to say for anyone yeah, listening, you know. But it's a wonderful part and it's a part that makes other people stand up and think as well. Yes. And my goal for that is that eventually, because it has to be, but eventually everybody will start going down that route. Mm. And there are loads of amazing caterers in Ireland and most of us are using fresh and seasonal and organic and local. Mm-hmm. Um, and... You know, you know the difference if we are or we aren't. But this is elevating it to something completely different. So just explain what it is as well, you know, for anyone that doesn't know. I take surplus food from my regular um, suppliers. So on the week of a wedding or an event, I'll ask what's in surplus, what might not be selling. I'll have no idea what's coming through to me, only that it's coming from a really good source. And I'll create an entire um, wedding menu within a day or two of the of the event the bride and groom will That's not a lot know. Of pressure, the isn't it? The br- 
I love it. Yeah, see, I'm like, oh, I'd actually pressure. melt away no, under that pressure. Now. I love like, that. Oh God. That is me in my absolute golden zen, like Jeez. pure creativity. Just to say now though, I struggle to even figure, like if you ask me what's for dinner tonight, I'm like, oh no, I have, like, <laughs> nobody told me that becoming an adult means you have to decide what's for every dinner every night. night. Like, <laughs> whose idea was that? I know. Like, I no, know. but anyway. <laughs> but anyway. You decide what they're doing or what they're having based, based on, on what comes in and it's just been a phenomenal success. It's you're you're rescuing upwards of 225 kilograms of perfectly good food from ever going into landfill or being wasted or even composted, which is a waste. Mm-hmm. You know, okay, you're using it to grow again. But if that can have another home, I mean it's so exciting for me. I was sitting on this for about a year and a half and just trying to make sure that I could really do it. And even, you know, I'd launched it. It was all over the press and I still hadn't had my first actual event. And I was mm. really, really lucky that a couple who were booked in as as wedding, three weeks after the event, they contacted me and said, could we go zero waste or is it too late? And I was like, oh my God, Brilliant. this is amazing. Yeah. Again, there's trust from in the that universe. now, Orla. There's a lot of trust there. Like, there I is. Mean, but if I was having my wedding, I'd be like... I need to know. Oh my God. I'd, I, like. But do you know what? Do you know what the beautiful thing is? I launched it at a time where I thought... People kind of know who I am and what I'm mm. about. They're going to have trust in me if they yes. know me. And so it's not as big an ask as you might think it is. Yeah. Because there's already a relationship with you or exactly. watching. Or, yeah. They so know you can deliver, I guess, that's isn't it? it? And, and that trust and that faith in me is just, just sends me forward as well. Yeah. Like, it's just unbelievable. I love it. It it's propels so, you to do. Yeah. And like, do you think, I definitely think anyway... When you clean up, when I clean house or clean the windows, whatever you want to say, when you clean up that energy and you start to build in the seeds of self-belief, which is really what is the the catalyst, Seat. I think, right? Yeah. Like, is it that all of a sudden, because I think when you clean that up, all these ideas start to drop in. Is that what happens with you now, that you have kind of a, a more sustainable access to better ideas that excite you even more? Oh, that that That's it in that a nutshell. Yeah. That's it in a nutshell. And the quality of the ideas that are coming through, like I don't have to filter out the crap ones anymore. They're just kind of good ideas. Yeah. And there's no urgency about any of them. And you're just open to receiving. Absolutely open to everything. I have great faith that I'm exactly where I'm meant to be, that there are great things, there are more things coming. I'm not even aware of what they are, but I believe Mm. that. And... That kind of touches into like, what is that more that I want? What is the success? What does success look like for me? Mm. Um, And, you know, I talk to people loads and I'm in Network Cork and, you know, I have loads of friends and they're, oh, you're doing so brilliant. You're everywhere. But actually, I'm not everywhere. Mm. I'm doing brilliantly for me. But that is that I really am a stay at home mum most of the time. i plan and I balance the work that I do take on around my family mm. I only take on work that really excites me and that I you know that is a challenge then and that I know I can commit 100% to I don't work every weekend mm. you know I and that to me is success that yeah. I can pop into my diary when I do want to work and when I am available for work and I can pop into my diary when I'm not available for work or when it won't work around my family mm-hmm. I'm not driven by money Monetary gain, it's all the same to me. It's all going to end up with Maeve and Love Cherish anyway. So, <laughs> exactly. so, so, and I've learned that. So that's not my driver. My we driver blame for everything. I know. It's her fault. It's all her fault. Um, that's never going to be my driver because I'm, you know, yeah, doesn't interest me. My driver is to make my children really proud of me. Yeah. 
to make myself I'm going to get emotional you know but to make my to make myself really proud of me and I am like I'm so proud of where I am now in comparison to where I ever was and I'm proud of where I'm going as well Mm. and to take all limits off myself you know to believe I can be a writer I will Mm. have a cookbook I will have a range of you know earthenware in done stores at some stage Mm. I will have so many more things that I can't even imagine because they are all there for all of us. Mm. And I really, truly believe that. There's more. <sighs> I'm too emotional to keep asking you questions now. <laughs> you go, girl. I'm like, keep talking. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, hang on. I'm supposed to be asking you questions. But like, I suppose really the impact and like on success, I genuinely, now the season of life that I'm in, I'm like one of those vegetables, you know, I'm in season. <laughs> um, right. Like, yeah, when I'm ripe for like success to me, that really resonates with me because success to me is going, I can take a Thursday off and take my folks somewhere that I want to take them or, you know, I'm not booked out solid for 12 months. There will be a phase where I'll be doing that too. Mm-hmm. But success right now to me looks like being happy, being stress-free, only being working in the mornings, collecting my kids from school. No, when I'm in the car collecting them, I'm like... Seriously, I like, I didn't think this out, you know, when they're like, I'm hungry every five minutes. But like, genuinely, I'm here to condition them. And I'm sometimes as mothers, we kind of, I, I can speak for myself when I say, you'd be nearly kind of resentful. And I was resentful when I was in full time work and I was in a cubicle and, you know, the child was dropped to a crash and collected. And look, this, there's no judgment here. I've done that too. But it kind of breaks my heart that like we shifted into this two working parent world and like our parents didn't, it probably wasn't like that for a lot of our parents. And then we are trying to mop up the, the gap mm-hmm. of like the emotional space that our kids still need. That never changed. They still need all the emotional mm-hmm. space. And like people are just working from a completely full tank of stress and worry and overwhelm. And I sometimes like it's not ideal, like not everyone can you know, give up their job and follow their passion. No. I do feel privileged, but like, I also feel there's a bigger problem to fix in our country and in our oh. world around the balance. And like the pandemic did kind of teach us some things, but at the same time, I see a lot of people creeping back into giving all of themselves to their work and feeling the compromise personally, you know, mm-hmm. so like it's it just makes you think about success and that it looks different for everyone and we need to normalize that for people I, I believe you know and I I absolutely feel privileged but my privilege is in knowing that this is available to me mm. if you know what I mean yeah it's that kind of understanding and I think when when you get a glimpse of that that it's possible to not be beating yourself over the head in your nine to five or nine to seven or whatever mm. it is and that there is another way and Look, it took me an awful long time in my life. So I'm not like, oh, it's not for everybody. Mm. And maybe the nine to five suits a lot of people. But whatever it is that suits you, find that. Because mm. life is too bloody short. Yes. We only have one. And like, what are you doing if you're not doing something that makes you happy? Yeah. And I do believe like there should be laws on it. I know companies now are probably like turning down the sound. But like when I worked in companies and it got past the five o'clock time or whatever the end time. Yeah the lines are blurred and it bleeds into our evenings. And I t- talked myself into thinking, well, if I can just read the emails tonight, it gets me ahead for tomorrow. Oh, but yeah. no, that just gives over the capacity in my brain to do anything. I actually think there should be rules and lines that are drawn out to say, 
when five o'clock comes, your email will actually shut down and you will not have access to it till yeah. nine o'clock in the morning. I do. I believe that, that will be the way that we'll have to go. And rightly so. And you know? definitely you mentioned the pandemic. I think that changed so much for so many people in that that whole idea of flexible working, working from home. Mm. Companies can turn up the volume again, but companies realising that that doesn't, that makes them people more productive because they have an option to live their life the way that suits them, but also they want to be a valuable contribution to their work environment as well mm. and gain, you know, a sense of achievement and fulfilment from that. So in a lot of ways, there's a lot of positivity to come out of the absolute show mm. that was those couple of years. Yeah. But it's about, there's you know. There's more work to be done. This there's there. an awful lot more work to be yeah. done, but it, it kind of broke everything so far asunder that we now have, we're in a position where we can decide how we're going to rebuild it. Mm. And I did have the privilege once of meeting and working with them on a workshop in UCC. And it was Andrew Barnes who created the four week, the four yes, day work week yes. and that movement in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. And like the research is there on it. Because when you think about it, like there was plenty of hours where when I was in jobs, I sat in on meetings where I was like, really? I was going, well, I cook yeah. tonight now. And I, and I, you know, <laughs> like I wasn't even there. You know, I can say that now. And I look, nobody's productive all day no. long. But the amount of stuff that we could get done, we know now as... I suppose, as busy people working for ourselves that what we can do now in four hours I was probably doing in a nine to five anyways. It's just that it's under the pressure of time, do you know? So like, I suppose it's just to say that if you're listening and you aren't fulfilled, you can absolutely find the joy and find the magic in the job as well. You don't have to give up and go like, but it's just to make sure that you're embodying who you want to be even within the structures, the safety of structures because some people work better under that, you know? Absolutely. Tell me about the impact you want to make. Like you've touched on it in terms of success, but I like the living legacy. I I find that, you know, we can wait and we can work, work, work and then retire and go, what, what was that? Mm. Or we can go, oh, I'm going to show people along the way, your kids in particular, but Mm. like what legacy are you building or what impact do you want to make in the world? Because before it would have felt me, just one person sitting in Cork, what impact can I make? Mm. And then I started working with people in like Australia, America, the UK. And I'm like, oh crap, I'm not just in can. Cork, do you know? Yeah. So like, what impact are you making? Because I have no doubt there's people from other countries going, oh, she's doing zero waste or she, you know? Mm. Actually, funnily enough, I've had approaches from people in Italy, for, in Sydney, in well, Sydney, Australia, obviously. You just found another virtual team member. Sweden. Yeah, 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 <laughs> exactly. Sweden, people all over asking for interviews and about the process of how I'm doing what I'm doing, uh, why I'm doing what I'm doing, what the driving forces are. And I suppose impact, I suppose twofold for me. I really would love to push the idea of thinking differently about food, the food we buy how we buy it, who we buy it from, Mm -hmm. what we are ingesting to give ourselves overall health as well. You know, thinking about why, of course, everyone knows organic and local is, you know, Mm -hmm. in inverted commas, is better for you. But why? It's because it's not sprayed. It's not full of crap that we're not supposed to be ingesting that is killing us slowly. Um, So I'm really keen to spread as much awareness as I can from my tiny corner of the world around Mm -hmm. that and around food waste and reducing it. But also on a kind of a different level, I know from conversations with people that people say, oh my God, you just don't seem to give a continental. You know, you're you're so free, you're so um, happy doing it. And that's kind of an impact that I'm really mm. proud to be. There's a fascination there, isn't there, from people to go, what is it? What, what is the what, thing what she's you, doing? Yeah, I don't you know? know what the, but I would love to, I suppose, share in the joy of not giving a continental 
about what anybody else thinks. And that has been the most freedom for me. Just mm-hmm. getting on with my little life, mm. my little way and being completely free of judgment. And I cannot tell you the freedom in that. Mm. Like, And I just, I wish that for everybody. I wish that people would get out of their own heads, get out of their own way mm-hmm. and just get on with it. Mm. That's amazing. And you think your kids are probably picking that up. Tell me oh. about... Your segue into acting oh then. Oh my God. So go there. Is, let's yeah, go like, there. Let's go from, there. From carrots to Shakespeare. I know, it's ridiculous. <laughs> so on, it was a course that I was doing with a certain somebody who's in the room with uh, me. Oh um, the Rise for More. And like I already thought, you know, I've done a lot of courses with you and I felt mm. a lot of growth. And I kind of was looking at this course and I was thinking, that's not really for me because I've already yeah, risen. I've arrived. I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm already here. <laughs> And I said, you know what? I always get something out of your courses. I'm yeah. going to do it. And I was very late to it. I was the last one to join, I'd say. My God, what I got out of that was unbelievable. And like within the first day, I had this absolute like mic drop realisation that one of the reasons the, you know, the being on TV wasn't really, like I loved it and I love it, but it wasn't giving me the same bang that I thought it might. Mm. Um. Excuse the pun, but there was more there somewhere. There was more. <laughs> and I realised that the more was, I've always wanted to be an actress. And I, I was an actress as a young girl. And I was on stage in London a couple of times. Stop it. I didn't know that. I, so, like, <laughs> I remember the voice now coming in. I'm going, holy crap. I was kind of worried going, oh my God, she's, she's going to going give up far. everything and be an actress. I'm like, what have I, what have I activated <laughs> here? Oh shit. You know, but like. But. So I, I, a friend of mine, I put it out. I, I love putting everything out to the universe. Like the okay. minute I have a thought, I say, put it out there and see how that comes back to you. So a friend of mine sent me a little link that the Cork Shakespeare Company were were doing auditions. Um, so I said, I'll go for that. Sure. Well, how hard can it be? I uh, got hard, there. like Shakespeare, yeah, like, really hard. <laughs> so anyway, I went and they're gorgeous people. And I thought they were a lot more amateur than they are. They're actually really professional. They're really, really good. The show goes on next week. Um, I have a minor enough role, but what a wonderful way to start. Like, I literally decided I'm going to be an actress. I went for an Did audition. Did take the inspired action to follow? I got the part <gasps> and I've committed to doing that. And not only that, but the the absolute icing on the cake is that my eldest and my second, Nora and Eva, are in the play with me as little fairies. Like, And they, oh my the magic of that, they're so thrilled. They said what it's is the, the play? What, it's a one? Midsummer Night's Dream. Oh, yeah. And it's on in the Cork Arts Theatre. This might go out after it, but it's the 12th to 15th of April. And we're actually down in Ballymaloo Grain Store on the 12th of May as well for a kind of finale event. That is just incredible. And like, so like, what is that giving you then? Oh, Like, what have you explored? Yeah, like what? More fulfilment, more kind of get out your own way, more yeah. stop being afraid. I'm actually upset. I'm like happy for you, but I'm there's a part of me that wept on the inside there because like when I was younger, whoo, see now, this is going oh, there. I love you. I had this kind of plan, oh, I'm going to Broadway, but like it was different times. Just, you, these things are in us, you know, from childhood. What were you doing when you were a child then? You were obviously acting. I suppose, sorry, I got upset, but like, there's parts of you that like you didn't, there was dreams I left there. Yeah. That we'll go back and pick up at some stage. You absolutely will, you see. Yeah. You know you When will. the time is right. Yeah. But like what we were doing as children are the things that we should be doing as adults. 100%. And I think if I literally quit my business in the morning and just left one line, I'd be like, go back to whatever you were doing when you were seven and pick Do up that. where you left off. And, and my job is done all here. the way yeah, the rest of your life. And jazz hand your way yeah. through life with turbans on yeah. your head. But like, when you were a child, were you acting or were you like, 
You obviously weren't chopping carrots now or growing your own veg. <laughs> Were you doing I was, like I was that? a dab hand in the kitchen Were from you? a young age. Okay. Yeah, actually, total aside from that. But mm-hmm. yeah, I when we went to London first, I there was a fabulous arts theatre in Brentford and they just had auditions out. Were you living in London? Yeah, we lived in oh, London yeah, from okay. the age of 10 to 20. Oh, I didn't know that. We need a okay. whole other podcast for that. Okay, God. <laughs> but um, so I got into sort of pantos and from that into a little bit of stage school and just really came alive with that. Like I was a very shy child. Okay. But that was a completely different world for me and I was naturally very good at it. So of course you want to be where you feel like you're good at something. Um, and then I'd come away from that and be really, really shy again, you know. So like there was, there is magic in that. And it's a performance thing. I realise yeah. now that the my the thing that I love most in the world that really sets me alight is performing. That's why I so like being So there's a thread of that in through yeah. all of the, the speaking gigs. Because yeah. I've seen you on live demos. I'm like, which version of this is she after <laughs> whooping her? Because she's alive, alive. Oh, like. Yeah, I love it. So like, isn't it funny that, you know, we, we do end up getting back around. Like what I'm always fascinated is how do we, we know when we're children that this lights us up. How do we let the world condition us and how do we disengage so much and come so far away from it? I know. That I think that's that's my biggest realisation in life is that every single person in the world is born completely brilliant. And I really yeah. believe that. And I just think life can get in the way sometimes and makes us forget that. But that is in us. 100%. To go back to your brilliance. It's there. Oh. And you just have to clear out the crap yeah. to get back to that. And it's in all of us. In whatever form that is, there is brilliance in us all. And it's just to remember that and let it shine because... And it follow it kind of cha- like for me it chased me because right just to to segue back for yeah. a second now I'm like having a realization here even like when I gave up on the Broadway I was singing all the time and I just like it was just a big thing to go to the UK and go to stage school at the time it was it was financially a big mm-hmm. decision not something that was available to me <laughs> when I went to I went to college took off to America and stayed there for nearly ten years but the thing that kept like I shut off the singing. And stopped and it kept kind of chasing me because mm-hmm. I ended up being the singing bartender because I was working in this bar and then they did karaoke and then they got, all of a sudden I was oh, I singing every it. Saturday night. And then people who came in out in Montauk were asking me to sing at their fancy weddings Isn't up on Long Island. Then I was going into the city. I'm like, OK, I should do this. And I went into the city getting voice lessons, like traveling in three hours every time, every, once a week. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Like, but I committed. Just committed, but like I kind of felt... I. I tried to put all my energy there and it just was too hard. So I left I left there and I haven't really but I sing just, a funerals. <laughs> but it wasn't the right time. You know, that is yeah, all that was. That timing. is there. Yeah. That's in your future. If it's yeah. even looking at you now, it's lighting you up and you know yeah. it's in you. So it didn't come out there because it just wasn't the right time. But it mm. is coming. Yeah. It will, it will be so much more powerful than it could ever have been in the True. past. That's, Isn't that it? So it's yeah. just to go back to... No, it was also drawing dresses and stuff you know? there's, a little, there's a hint of that in there's there too there's so much more for you Virginia yeah, there is I know like I'm, I'm on my path of helping others and I yeah. really am motivated by that but it's just to say to people hang on for a minute have mm. a pause and think what were you actually doing as a child that you could lose a few hours in you know yeah. and tell me about the cooking were you also cooking so funnily enough my my mum and dad separated when I was about 14 mm-hmm. and my mum got married again when, she, when I was 18 when she was 18 when I was 18 mm-hmm. and I catered her wedding and I had actually what? forgotten about that there was like 60 or 70 people and we had a lovely marquee out in the back garden and between, like my mum is an amazing cook as well it was between yeah. us but really she was getting married on the day so I, I absolutely catered, catered that and there was sides of salmon and beautiful salads and all sorts so like 
that's a huge achievement that I didn't even think about. Do you know what I mean? So you can actually map back to times when yeah. you were sparked and alive, but yeah. like that, maybe just the timing wasn't right, you know? Do you know, I, I, this might be going down another rabbit hole, but I suppose I l- always loved food, always had an obsession with food, was, you know, it's a huge part of my life. There's a couple of things put me off ever exploring it, and it was the idea that, you know, it's really poor social work-life balance yes poor pay um, sort of hard to make really it to be hard seen to and heard it. Isn't and it? I always wanted to be a mum and I was like mm, how, how am I ever going to make it mm. and be a mum because I knew instinctively that it's really difficult as a mother to really I was ambitious I was always ambitious mm. so I I just put that to one side and studied other things and then it was actually Oprah when I was about 25 and listening to her and she said if you if money was no object and you could do anything in the world that just made you happy. That's what the thing you need to be doing. And I, that's when I signed up for the degree in culinary arts. Oh, so like uh, we just have to kind of listen to ourselves, don't we? Isn't that the biggest tuning in? Like I think people don't allow that stillness or that quietness to come in mm. because they have to deal with the things they didn't deal with. But if you can actually deal with those things a little somewhat mm-hmm. and heal from them, the stuff that's under that is mm-hmm. just it, there's an excavation process, you know, Um when you were younger then, like who modelled, like who who was an icon to you when you were younger? Was there anybody that you saw? Because I think that's another struggle I had. I couldn't see anyone that was female that was in business or doing anything like that. Just the environment I grew up in, nothing wrong with mm-hmm, that. I had a lovely mm-hmm. childhood. But like, was there anyone that you were like, oh, I want, I see myself doing that, you know? Um, yeah. So the biggest icon in my life is my mum, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um as in, I get my work ethic from her. Mm-hmm. She and she's an amazing and warm and caring mother. Mm-hmm. Um, but an entrepreneur as well. Like when we went over to England, she went off with her apple tarts under her arm and knocked on the doors of the five star hotels and was supplying them. No um, way! And that's how she that. sustained us. We we came home from school and peeled apples all day every day. You know, and after that, then she had. Um, a stall in the Kentish Town Market who Imelda May sings about. Oh, And she had a little burger van and she was serving three course like lamb dinners and the works like pure love And food. stews that turned pure. into three days of four. Exactly. <laughs> and to exactly. quote Imelda. Pure oh love food. God, I so, didn't know any Such of a hard working woman. Such a provider for us. And 100% I take after her. Now, it's not necessarily a good thing because she doesn't know when to stop. So I'm mm. trying to know when to stop and model to my children that you don't have to be go, go, go all yes. the time. So but the apple the, didn't fall too far from the tree after it all. It didn't. And she's, she wow. is inspirational. She has had a really tough life. Okay. Lots of crap happened to her. Like, you know, she's very, very happy now. She's married to a gorgeous French man. Mm-hmm. Um, they're living their best life in Brittany at the moment. They're married 25 years. So she's, you know, things are good. But she had a very hard life. Her Her health is poor. But if you met her in the morning, you would never know a thing about it. She's the life and soul. Mm. She's full of love, full of kindness, full of fun. She's a fashion icon. God, I mean, yeah, so she, she's yeah, she's amazing. So she she's the one who you'd look up to yeah, and say she is really, and you're doing exactly that and taking it to another level. Yeah, you know? and and she's so she's so proud of that and so in awe of that that and it was she, all worth it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, isn't that beautiful? I it hope she beautiful. listens to this because that's a beautiful way to. Honor any mother. I was, speaking of mothers, we laughed about this. So my mom is at the age where you know she's kind of giving us her jewelry and you know the opposite of nesting. She's kind yes. of like you know. So she gave a bracelet, and it was a bracelet my dad gave to her 
before I was born, I think in the 70s, right? Oh. And it's it's a lovely gold bracelet. It's beautiful. Like, I will wear it. So she's like, we'll get something on it now and you we'll take out. She, she wanted to take out the thing that dad had written. I'm like, no, that's part of part this of story. Oh my God, like, that's the magic. So when, when we used to talk like about ambition, we like if she saw someone on the TV or the newspaper, her phrase was always, well, look at this one. Isn't she going places? So going places mm. to me meant, oh, she was ambitious, mm-hmm. you know? So we got going places written on the bracelet. Because I'm like, oh, that it. is actually... The story I'm going to take forward and I will wear that. Like it's such an, it's just, I mean, it could be a sad thing. You could Fox, be crying. I know. My language. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Like I'm the one who's been blubbering here. You cop on now. But the idea oh, of, no, I just think it's such a beautiful sentiment of going places. That's we don't beautiful. have to fall into the, this is what ambition is. This is what success is. So for me in my heart, Going places means just chasing my dreams. I will wear it every any time so I've done beautiful. a speaking event. I've wore it. I've not said, mm-hmm. you know, I will bring it forward with me forever. So going beautiful. places and the sentiment behind it is not to be sad of what my past was or what her story was, no, and not to put too much pressure, but just to move. Yeah, there's and movement in it, places. and to go, go wherever your heart takes you, but go there with all of it and give all of it. You yeah. know, and I see that's exactly what's happening with you. And your lineage and watching your fabulous mm. girls come alive and be exactly who they want to be. Yeah, it's So fabulous. like that is the message from this episode. It's really to figure out who you want to be, embody it, be in your own body, feel it, go back and pick up the parts that you left behind. You know, there's clues along the way, mm-hmm. like be Dora the Explorer in your own life. Find the clues, find who you are, find who you want to be, find your fizz and bring all of it mm-hmm. everywhere you go without any pressure or fear. Keep it calm. Leave the fear out. Wear a goddamn coloured turban if you want to go. <laughs> you know, I used to even wear a Melda Maid's quiff like Did I was you? so obsessed oh, with I her, love right? Her. She's but amazing. that's the message from her to go there and lean into the things that light you up. Lean in to what lights you up like you are doing. And I'm just so excited and honoured to be on the journey first of all but to also just sit back and watch like What's going to happen next? You know, I, I thank you so much for your friendship, Virginia, and for oh. your constant encouragement and for being my catalyst. You're so kind. So thank you, Orla McAndrew, who is going places. Working in such an inspiring environment and recording my podcast at Iconic Offices in NSQ2 Cork has really helped me to elevate my brand and grow my business. The location is simply stunning and has become an invaluable resource for me. The good news is you too can get to experience all the benefits Iconic Offices have to offer. They've given me a number of exclusive complimentary day office trials for my audience. So what are you waiting for? Try it for yourself Bring your team, no catches. Simply go to the link in the show notes and enter the code UPSHERISES23 and claim your complimentary office for a day. Trust me, you won't want to let this opportunity pass you by.